What is love if anybody's seen A Night at the Roxbury or the SNL skits associated? Even Dave Cook can't help but do the uh, neck-cranking dance. <laughs> I didn't try it because I'll tell you this. We've got great sponsors, but if I did, I'd need my chiropractor to sponsor it. But he's not on that list yet, but a lot of great people are. I don't need to worry about that because my neck is all metal already. There you go. Um, you know, Brian... Talking about this song, and I know you've got experience with it, we should start with the Blackwoods group. Because, you know, again, we're talking about opportunities this summer for those special moments. Yes, when love is in the air, Graceland is your spot. To happen at at Graceland in the Moorish Room and and that whole area. And the ballroom upstairs. Yeah, You name it, you got great spots. And and people that know what it is they're talking about, know how to incorporate your event into the space, all those things that... As somebody who's planning an event, like a wedding, maybe for the first time, you're not really sure about all those things. And you can call Jax at Blackwoods Group and kind of get just taken care of. Absolutely. Jax does an amazing job at her job. Give her a call at 218-722-7466. Moan Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Elmerman Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Avenue 45, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, where you can get your 0% financing on a Santa Fe or a Tucson until my birthday. And then... Uh, Which you should probably give that actual date so people oh, aren't of, scrambling. End of February. Yes. End of February. And then uh, Famous Dave's, now up in Hermantown, in a beautiful, clear glass building. And I love that you brought up OAR Holdings of Duluth because Seth Marsalek, who's been on the show, is the brainchild behind that sponsorship. Yep. And he is a Valentine's Day baby. He had a birthday this past week. Because as much as I feel like Super Bowl Sunday was two months ago, even though less than a week, also this week was Valentine's Day. How'd you do? Did you get anything for Dana? Did she give you anything other than a bad look? How'd you do this year? Well, it's not Valentine's Day. If she doesn't give me a bad look, Brian, come on. You know her well it's enough. not a day ending in Y if you don't at least get one kind of stare <laughs> exactly. of what in the world are you doing? Exactly. What did she call me the other day? She called me your beautiful idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, that's... That tells now you. I want to change the bump out song to American Idiot, but go ahead. That's uh, that's how that that was. Uh, that might even been Valentine's Day when I got that. Nah, that's Valentine's Day is not something we've ever done a lot of. She works nights, man, and so for us, it's you know the three hours between the time I get home and the time she leaves for work, and so it was. Uh, we went to uh, speaking of Blackwoods, we went to Blackwoods, nice, and, and we got. Uh, she got the mushroom hamburger, and I got a bacon cheeseburger, and you know what? You're old when that's Valentine's, right? Well, you know what I did? I worked a girls basketball game. So, and I think that's, you know, Jen and I have been together. We've been married for almost 10. We've been together for almost 12. And I think God, you guys are newly. Wise. I know, especially in your world. <laughs> but I think at least half of those, I've worked a game of some kind. So Jen doesn't worry about Valentine's Day because in fact, she just assumes that I won't be around. Now, did I give gifts? Yes. Was I around? No. She may argue that was my best gift of all. Do you know what's interesting? When you said you worked about half of the Valentine's Day, that's about how it works with the normal game nights because you don't play on yeah, Mondays usually, right? you don't play on Wednesdays usually, and you don't play on Sundays. Well, but I get a lot of Wednesdays, though, because you forget college basketball. No, I don't forget, but it's not every it, – it doesn't fall like that every year and Valentine's Day. You're probably right. You've probably worked – half of them. At least, then. at least, because you know my schedule. There's not a lot of days of the week that are open. There aren't. But Valentine's Day, albeit a Hallmark holiday, in my opinion, is certainly centered around love. And there's no question that we have a major love of sports. Not on the Not massacre. just about Kevin Love, who is available, by the way. Yes. We pondered that during a commercial break as would well. You? Yes, I would. I think I would too. But I'll tell you this. I just said Patrick Kane doesn't need to be here to help sell tickets. I'm not sure Kevin Love 
wouldn't be a nice addition to get some people to come out who otherwise wouldn't. Now, mind you, that doesn't change the price of an NBA ticket, but I think it's an idea. Another adult who's won things before. I mean, we need to keep bringing those people in. Well, and Dan Barrero loves the we didn't need him. Well, how about we needed him back? Yeah, how about we need him back, right? But again, Valentine's Day is centered around love, not necessarily Kevin. But we want to talk about our love of sports in conjunction with Valentine's Day that just passed. So we've done this before. In fact, we've done it most Valentine's Day weeks on this show. So we've done who's responsible for our love of sports. We've talked about family members, obviously our dads, etc., which sport do you love the most? I feel like we talk about that inadvertently every week. Different spin on it this time. Yeah, let's try this. It's going to be interesting. So where do you want to start? Because we said, well, let's do this for Minnesota teams. Yep. And we talked about who's a player that you've always loved, or yep. maybe your first love because you never forget your first love. Yep. Who's a player you love right now, and who's a player that should be entitled to more love? Yeah, that's, this is going to be such an interesting topic. It's quite the trifecta. It, it really is. So let's start with, which one do you want to start with? I always pick. You pick. I would say all time because, again, this show is most noted for trips down memory lane. How many yeah. people come up to you and say, the beginning of your show is the best? So good Almost we did it. everybody. So good we did it twice this time. Yeah. Beginning of hour one, beginning of hour two. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that you're right. We should go with the one you've loved forever. And if we start with the Vikes, I think that's I think that's appropriate because football season just ended. Okay. So and what is this? Who you loved the most or who you loved first? Because for me, it's not the same. Yeah, no, I don't really think it can be the same. Who I loved first, you know, you'd think as an offensive lineman, it might have been an offensive lineman. But my first Viking love. I was going to say, would your first love be Ron Yeri then or what? No, my first love was Matt Blair. Okay. Because Matt, good call. Matt Blair did things that nobody else could do, like, like the bear kicks grease. and you know, that's. But he was a big punt and kick You blocker. weren't expecting that one, though, I were you? I was not. There you go. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? It was him. Yeah. No. So I, I think that probably my first Vikings love was Matt Blair. I like that one because for me, for my generation, he's unsung. When you talk to people a decade older than me, like yourself, he's the best player they had. My first love is probably your top love because it's Anthony Carter. Although for you, it's probably Keith Millard if I had to guess. But Anthony Carter, here's all you need to know. Because families send out holiday cards, especially when you're a kid, right? You have to pose for these pictures no matter what. There is definitely a Christmas card in my family where everybody's dressed up except for the young Brian Prudhomme who is in a mesh Anthony Carter jersey because I want to wear that for the picture. I don't care what we have to do. I loved Anthony Carter, and I couldn't wait to tell everybody. Yeah, that uh, the first one is always an interesting one when it comes to who you loved in a sport because so often it's just completely random. Right. right? Um, but I think the forever guy, you you hit one of them. It's gotta, Millard's got to be in the mix. But Joey Browner's the So did I accidentally add a category because we've got first love, now we've got forever love, and we've got current love, and we've got more love? Well, it's just I'm thinking about guys that I really loved who weren't my first. Okay. Right? All right. And and Joey Browner and Millard, you said Millard, and it kind of brought that to mind. So there you go. All right. You can just move along. So current roster, who do you love now? Is it harder to love a player when you're older? Because it's not yes. idolizing, it's just appreciating? Yes, and it's respect. Yeah. And and frankly, I think the guy on this team that fits that for me is Harrison Smith. Because he just does. He doesn't, you never hear him complain, you never hear him, you know, you don't really hear him, right? Right. He's kind of what you think of when you think of old-time football player. See, I'm going to have to just agree with you, which makes for terrible radio, but I was searching on this and it's so low-hanging fruit to say, I love Justin Jefferson. Well, no bleep would be my response to that because I don't want to know what this team is like without him. 
If I said I love Kirk Cousins, I don't like the Packers. Work. That would be the end of my radio career because it's just not trendy to love Kirk Cousins, yeah. even though he's probably the closest for me. And then there's part of me that says, how can you love any member of this defense? But historically, with Harrison, you can because he was part of it when they were good. Yeah, no, and he's still the fixer for me. And and you're but you hit a really good point, and that is a lot of the guys on the offense that you you really can like are new. I was going like, to say, my, my next choice would be TJ Hawkinson, who's been here for, what, 10 games? <laughs> That's the opposite of what it's supposed to be. Right. Probably be Brian O'Neill would be my second one, probably. So, uh, Although I do like their defensive ends. And who needs more love on this team? Who's not appreciated enough? I'll just make it easy. I don't know that he needs to be loved, but he needs to be at least liked and appreciated because I get that Kirk Cousins isn't in the elite category, but to prove that, the fans that don't feel that way like to pretend that he's 33rd out of 32 starting quarterbacks, and it makes me sick. Yeah, but the problem is is the other half thinks he's three. Right, um, which so, the proof is in the pudding in the I, middle somewhere. Yeah, I don't think he needs any more love. That's a great question, though, Brian. I, so there are a couple of guys that come to mind right away. You just said one. It's probably Brian O'Neill. It's probably Brian O'Neill, yeah. but it's also the guard next to him. The the guy from Ezra? Boise State, Ezra, Ezra Cleveland, and and but Ezra Cleveland's the reason that that last play stunk so bad. The uh, here's the one though that comes to mind first, and I'm guilty as this as anybody. How about Danzler? Like Cam, he he's that guy that you don't know what he's got till he's gone. I think you're right, yeah. and so you should have thought more about him when should he was it have here. been Duke Shelley because of the year that he ended up having. See, I think he's. I mean, he's not 20. Like this isn't his first. That's his year. number. This isn't his first I know, year. I know. So he had a great couple weeks. Can we enjoy that? I'm going to give you an off-the-cuff one. Yeah. What about DJ Wanham? Because for me, Daniil Hunter has been good, but has tailed off. Zadarius, I don't think, will be here. His house is up for sale due to relocation, is what we're told as of yeah. Friday. Yeah. So those are your two main Wanham's pass rushers. One. And then the quiet get to the quarterback kind of reminds me of like Brian Robinson was the other guy. Yeah. I feel like DJ Wanham has the potential to be that other guy. Yeah. And using your logic, then the nose tackle guy we got from Buffalo could fit in that too. Dalvin Tomlinson. No, the Phillips kid. Right? Oh, Harrison Phillips. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want it. There's too many names like other guys. If I say Harrison, I think. Smith, but again, but if I'm, if I'm praising this defense, I feel like I didn't watch the games this year. No, but there were a handful of guys that were very unsung. The sure. problem was there was more than a handful of guys that weren't able to play their position. All and right. a coach who just kept putting them in bad spots. So we have Vikings until we're purple in the face. Where would yes, you like to go next? We should go to a different one. Let's go to the Timberwolves. All right. So your first T-Wolves love. Love. The first, my first. So I loved the team to start with. Right. My first player love. I think we're going to have the same one. It's JR. No, we don't. Okay. My first, my first like, oh my God, I love this guy versus I loved the team was JR. Okay. So my first love, if I'm being completely honest, didn't play because it would be Kevin Harlan because I wanted to be a play-by-play guy so bad, and he was our first play-by-play guy. But he's also responsible for me latching on to that first love, which was Tony Campbell, because I just couldn't wait for this team to be good. Now, you could argue you're still waiting for this team to be good, but I couldn't wait to latch on to a Minnesota NBA team because until I was 10, we didn't have one. And so it was, okay, let's listen to who's playing well for this team. Now, Kevin Harlan had the uncanny ability to make any bucket sound like a championship-winning shot, but it didn't take long to listen to a handful of games and go, Tony Campbell's their guy. So as much as I hate to be the guy that you know latches onto the dude with the best stats, I was 10. It was easy to do. You know who would be Tony Campbell on this current Timberwolves team? Slow-mo. 
Because that's the game he played. He was yeah. six foot seven, and he Although played he's under killing the him basket. Right now. He's killing him right now. Well, there were probably times Tony Campbell. Did. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the same. But he played the under the basket game. Like Tony Campbell was really good at that. Right. My all time favorites. I've been through too many. If you want to mention one, go ahead. Otherwise, we can move to who you love now. Yeah, let's move to who we love now. Who do you love now? Because I'm again fearing we'll have the same one, but we'll see. Wow, that's a really good question. Because it's honestly, it's the easy answer. You know, I really do like Ant. Okay. I really like, I mean. And nobody should argue with you for that because everybody should. He finally got the love he deserves at least being an all-star reserve. There's so many different reasons. That's the thing about the kid. You you, you like his offensive. You like his personality. I love his enthusiasm. Right. When he wants to play defense, he's our best defensive player. Right? I mean, there's all these things that are there to love about this 21-year-old kid. Yes. That's the piece that I think people forget because he's been in the league long enough that you're going, well, you know. He's mature now. Well, sure, in terms of NBA experience, but you're still 21. Yep. You're still a human being that's 21. Yep. And built like a tight end. Right. So my favorite now that I love is Jaden McDaniels. And it shouldn't shock anybody because one of my all-time favorite twins was Michael Kadire. And I kind of look at those two the same way, that you go, you're good at this, 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 and this, but you're certainly not great at this, 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 and this. But whatever we ask you to do, you'll do, and there's not a huge drop-off. I love that. He scares me only in that there's two reasons. One, if he doesn't improve offensively, then he's a typical Timberwolf. Right. Um, Although, can he be a 3 and D guy? Well, not if he doesn't do three. But he wears number three. Come on. He does wear number three. But if he figures out number three so it's really consistent, he's not going to be here because he's going to price himself out. So that's a typical Minnesota sports fan guy right there. All right, so who needs more love on that team? Maybe the whole team, but who needs more love on that team? No, I think that... So I think the the popular kids say Nas Reed. Yeah, but that's because... I still think it's Nas Reed. See, and I was going to say that's a great answer until it isn't because the kids are talking about him plenty, so maybe he's getting love in advance. I don't think people who say, oh boy, Nas Reed, really think about... No, but all you can say is Nas Reed. He's, he's you know, the fourth forward on this team, yeah. and, and the stuff he's done, I think that people need to realize that Nas Reed's a starter in this league, and I think sometimes we take him for granted. Yeah. So he'd be my guy. So if I took the Kirk Cousins approach again, it would be Rudy. He doesn't need more compensation, but he doesn't deserve to be as maligned as he is. Yeah, the fact he's maligned is weird. Right. You look at what he did the other night in a loss, and he was spectacular. But I don't think that's the angle to take here. I think it's Torian Prince. Because if if you look at the way this team plays when he's not around, it's not good. Yeah. Now, does he bring statistics to the game? No. But Mr. Intangible is Torian Prince. And you have to be a little deeper basketball thinker to realize it. Can we say Pat Beverly? From you, no. <laughs> no. I do think they should consider signing him, but no. So do I. Yeah. All right, so go ahead. What's next? Uh, should We should do, let's do hockey and finish with baseball again. All right, so hockey, is your first love going to be a wild player or a North Star player? Because I think we have to open it up to both. Yeah, because my first love can't be can't be a, a wild. Cause Nor can mine even. Yeah, it would be my first love when I was like 40. Right, right. So um, Some people find love very late, Dave. <laughs> easy for me, though. My okay. very first pro hockey love was Bobby Smith. Yep. Loved him, loved how he skated, loved the grace. He was big like I was, right? And so he, he no question, my first love in hockey was Bobby Smith. All right. So you got to remember when I got into hockey, I was still in single digits, I think. Bobby Smith. So my reason for this first love of hockey on the North Stars is absurd. 
but again, I was an elementary school student. It was Brian Bellows. Because he was good and because he had the same first name I did, by golly, nice. that Brian Bellows is great. That explains why all their shirts have bees on them because yeah. he had two and of them. why I also loved Brian Ralston all those years later. And the number 23. Right. So sort of, there's that. Brian Bellows <laughs> did wear 23, but I didn't know I liked that. <laughs> Ralston wore 14, but whatever. Yeah, but you got the soul patch from Ralston. I did. Him and so, Joe Nathan, yes. yes. You do listen to me. Yeah, I do. I'm pleasantly shocked. <laughs> all right. What's the next category? So who do you love on the current Minnesota Wild? That's a really good He's question. thinking. Audibly. Thinking. Audibly I'm, breathing and thinking. Because there's a, a lot of guys. Um I, I will tell you that I think my favorite guy in the wild team right now is probably Erickson Eck because he does. Well, this isn't so fun anymore things. because I'll I'm going to add somebody else then. No, well, no, my no, no. Favorite guy. Continue so I can just Ed McMahon this and go, ha ha. Yes, you are I, correct. I will tell you who it's not. It's not Greenway. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, no, Erickson Eck. The just, big rig has become the big waste. Oh, Spelt both ways, W-A-I-S-T or W-A-S-T-E. There's a guy who needs a... a Kick in the pants. He needs a new scenery. Right. But He um, did a nice interview during the intermission on Friday, but he did it in coach speak. He didn't say anything while saying a lot. Yeah, no, I, the other guy is Brodeen. So I'll let you have Eck, and I'll, cut, and I'll talk about Brodeen. Because I think he... Is, well, he's probably the one who needs more love. So I'll stop there. I'll right. say Eck, and we'll talk about Brodeen in a second. All right, so I can Ed McMahon the Eck theory, because yes, I absolutely love everything about his game. He quietly gets under the skin of opposition, and he doesn't seem to have that type of personality. He's like 17 goals. So it's one of those things that you don't see what he's doing until you open up the box score the next day or tune in at the end of the game and go, the key guy again was Erickson Eck. So go with your Brodeen for needing more love. I think Brodeen gets paid a lot of money, so it's really weird to have a guy that's paid a lot of money to be your unsung. But if you watch him play, like you have to watch the game, right? Because he doesn't pop in scoring statistics. Right. He shuts people down. He is like uh, the cornerback you can put on an island. He's right? Darrell Rivas. He is. When Darrell Rivas was the guy who got into the Hall of Fame and not the guy at the end of the career just cashing checks. So we got to think of something for that. Brodeen you had, Island. You had Rivas Island. What are you going to have? Like Brodeen Bermuda Triangle? Something, Where are you going to put him? Like you that. know, weird. Uh, the other guy that you can say, and I'm not a fan, but you can say needs more love is Freddie Goodrow. That's, he, he that's won who again I was going to say because you knew I was going to because yep, go you and Steve Patosha, I rolled me so hard I haven't forgotten. And Topher knows it yeah, too. I because, pulled an eye when I rolled that on. And Topher knows it too because when Freddie does something clutch, Topher will text us both right away and he knows that I'm into it. Does he have a soul patch? And Freddie Goodrow is, no, and I don't anymore either because <laughs> it's not dark-haired anymore, but I digress. But Freddie Goodrow is... Since I've been bringing up the Kirk Cousins comparison to everything, he's the anti-Kirk Cousins. Kirk has been all about, well, he can do this, this, and this, but he lacks the clutch gene. Freddie Goudreau doesn't do anything until it's in the clutch. And then you're like, oh, who got the huge goal when they needed it? Freddie well, Goudreau. Think about their their coach and who loves him. Zim hated mm -hmm. right. Kirk, and he still had to play him. Dean Evison can't he get enough. Freddie Goudreau, yep. <laughs> so, yeah. No, Freddie's a good one. So he's, he's unsung for the fan base. He's not unsung in the room at all. No, when you're in your coach's Christmas card, you know you're doing okay. I love Freddie Goudreau, and somebody can get me a t-shirt that says that. That would be a great t-shirt for you. Today. I'll wear it constantly. Have an 89. Put it on the that. website. I don't care. <laughs> I was born in 79, but I'll wear 89. You'd probably want the wild, wild colored one, though, not the North Star colored one. I, yeah, the there's something about colored. green and gold that I'm just not into. I yes. wonder what that could be. That would, you'd struggle with that. All right. So the twins, we go deepest here. We do go first, deepest. First love with the twins. Mine's right. so easy. Space Soup Campbell. Dave Campbell. 
the pitcher who used to come in and just... I know who he is. I'm just surprised. Yeah. No, because... I think you're going to hit me with Lyman Bostock. I like Bostock, too. Uh, Bostock's a really good one. Bombo Revere is a really good one. Larry Heisel is a good one. Like, those... When I got involved, it was the twins. It wasn't necessarily just a specific... The guy I really wanted to like, but I never could, was Butch Weiniger. Like, I I wanted our catcher to be one of those guys, and our yeah. catcher was not one of those guys. No, and for me, I'm so... As I got older, I'm so... Don't pick the... Fan favorite for everybody. Don't pick the JJs. Don't pick the Moss. Don't pick Kevin Garnett. Don't pick the guys that the nation picks. That that guy's good in Minnesota. The Twins were always the exception. Until I started playing sports and played first base, then it was Herbeck. But before that, it was Kirby. I was going to say, is it Papa Jack? No. No. <laughs> it wasn't Boog Powell either. But it was Kirby Puckett for sure. Because if you want to picture this, go ahead. But there was a time during, I think, the 86 season when Kirby would hit leadoff and I was just had turned seven years old and I wouldn't watch the game pitch for pitch back then, but because Kirby let off, I would watch that because it's right at the beginning of the game, but I would stand in front of my TV, do the sign of the cross, pretend I was batting, have that simulated at bat with Kirby. And then whatever he did, you could turn the channel if you wanted. I just wanted to see that. Your mom and dad should have put plexiglass windows up so you could crash into them as you went to bed. Wow. Um, one guy that I really liked as a twin after he was a twin, and I never knew he was a twin to start with, was Billy Martin. Sure. Because I didn't like Billy Martin until dad said, you know, he used to manage right. the twins. And right. I was like, oh, I like this guy when I was, <laughs> when I was little. So he's your Ricky and Jordan for me. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. All right, so who do you love now? And again, it's harder to love because, again, it's not idols, it's appreciating. For me, it's just I got a thing for Buxton. I have I since the day they drafted him. I I love the kid. I defend the kid. Um, I just really, really want him to do well. It's Byron Buxton. I'm shocked. So I think for me, it's Jorge Polanco because I just appreciate the consistency. Until last year when he was hurt a lot, I appreciate the availability. I appreciate the let's make him completely change positions, but he's still been solid. He's a guy that you can just do anything with, and he seems to succeed. Now, does he jump off paper? No. But is he always good and always there? Yes. There's been so much of this roster that's been in flux over the last half decade or what have you. Jorge Polanco hasn't been part of that. Now, there is a steroid problem in there, so that's not great. But, you know, if I can put that aside, which you shouldn't, but I'm going to here, it's Jorge. Yeah, no, I, I think also think Jorge needs a little more love because I think people do forget him. Although, can I go off the board on sure. the twin that needs more love? Sure. I'm going to say Joey Gallo. <laughs> Already? Already. Okay. Because I think that, I mean, right now, if I asked you who the left fielder was, would Joey Gallo have been the first thing that popped into your mind or would you have gone, oh, yeah, I probably just, left field? I probably just said Nick Gordon, but go ahead. So our starting left field er, has had awful – an awful two, three years, right? Yeah. Um, he was in Mc- media markets that can make your life hell. Correct. And he's always been a very good outfielder to gold glove in some cases. Right. He's before he hit New York, he was a guy that was always flirting with the all-star team. Yet we get him and we think we got the guy that the Yankees couldn't get out of town fast enough. Well, and the Dodgers. And that might be true, right? But I think right now he needs a little bit more love from Twins fans because what I don't want to hear is in June or July, people, when he's had a pretty good year, people puffing out their chest. Right. I always knew he was going to be good. Yeah, okay. And you'll get some of that. I know. You know you will. People will be like, I predicted it. I just yep. didn't say it. Right. He needs a little love. Yeah. So I'm going to take a bit of a low-hanging fruit 
to Baseball Minds. If you're not, it's going to be a deep take. But it's Caleb Thielbar, isn't it? I mean, out of baseball for a couple of years, a terrible start out of the bullpen last year. And then during the quote-unquote clutch months, he was as shut down as Duran was, you know, in a different manner and in different situations. But your go-to reliever, for those that believe the game can be decided well before the ninth, was Caleb Thielbar. See, I thought you were going to go with a reliever. I I just thought you were going to go with Griffin Jacks. Yeah, I think I would have for half of the season last year. But I you think, just went with the other half. But I think he appeared <laughs> He appeared in so many games. It was, you know, he was in if we were up by two. He was in if we were down by four. So he followed Pagan. He, <laughs> <laughs> that guy needs more love just because he's got a long way to go to get to zero. He's yeah, in hate no. territory right now. You watch, Pagan's going to come on to be an all-star this year. Well, you know, he did say if you factor out the Guardians, he probably had a good season. Yeah, well, they also say he misses lots of bats until he doesn't. Right. When he doesn't, they're gone. He's the reason that I often say, you know, pitch to contact is one thing, but pitch to sweet spot is the other. So that is our love of baseball. We certainly don't want to lose that love. Would a good Valentine's Day gift be season tickets? Do you think so? No. All right. Can you imagine the response at my house? (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about that. Let's say you were gifted season tickets to the four major Minnesota teams. Would you take them or not? And why? That's next. Stick around. We'll be right back. You may not have known her name, but you know ours. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Little Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. We're going to talk about four sports seasons here shortly, but we don't get to talk about any seasons without our terrific sponsors. Absolutely. Let's start with Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina and Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai at KohlerToyota.com and KohlerHyundai.com. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, the Incline Station, where I park every day. Yes, you do. And you can bowl there, too, by the way. It's not just can, known for its great not parking. Not only can you bowl, you can also have parties there, Brian. We've you talked can. about this. Dave it's Cook a great is, place. Dave Cook is simply bowled over by the possibilities at Incline Station. 100%. And, and again, it's not like a place you have to find street parking, Brian, because they have a parking lot right there. You can park your car. You can go in and bowl. You can bring the kids, have a party, have a business meeting there. Right. I've done all those things there. So Incline is a place for all seasons. So we are going to talk about seasons here this segment because this just kind of dawned on me this week. And I called you and said, what do you think of this? And you said, I like it. I said, what if you were offered season tickets in the ideal situation? And that's a huge if, if things were ideal for all four of the major sports teams, the Wolves, the Wild, the Vikes, the Twins. As they are, right? Not perfect for them. Currently, not you get to pick your season because who wouldn't want to be there in 87, 91, what have you. But right now, or back to the start of this season, if you were offered season tickets, would you take them and why? In the ideal spot, and we were having fun during the commercial break because Dave Cook, you and I both said, well, finding the ideal spot scenario-wise is impossible. Yeah, no, because we don't have enough time. Like, what, in all seriousness, which one could you go to the most? Well, for me, that would be easy. It'd be the Twins. Because the only time of year that I don't announce anything scheduled yeah. I can fill in here and there is summer. I think it would be that or football because it's on Sundays. But that would be it. Those would be the two. During the winter season, right. no. The amount of games that I don't see because right. of the amount of games I do see is absurd. Correct. So we can start there with all I'm the- not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure either you or I would be able to use Bulldog tickets, let alone wild tickets. No, I in fact, I've gone to town. two Bulldog weekend series this year. 
and they were in my in-between time where fall was over, winter hadn't started yet. I went to Amsoil mainly in October. Yeah, no, I th- I think that that's part of our reasoning. So we got to let that go. So part of our ideal scenario, maybe we should start with this. Here's all the things that we'd have to erase. All the games that we cover would somehow no longer exist. Forget the fact that the two and a half hour drive each time would be on your nerves. Forget about the fact that the cost is an issue. Forget about the fact that our spouses might not be terribly keen on this idea. I just think Dana would break out laughing. She's right. like, you're not dumb enough to do this, right? Really? All right. So should we put a different hypothetical yes. spin on this and say, you and I together are All offered right. a pair of season tickets to the Wolves, the Wild, the yes. Vikings, and Twins. Yes. Do we want to go with, do we take them or not and why? Or do we want to rank who we would take and why? I think we're going to do both of those two things. All right, I'm going to let you start. I think we'll finish with the ranking. Okay. So if, so we'll finish with our top one because we've already kind of let the cat out of the bag who that is. Yeah, the wild. Um, no, so that wasn't not it. for me. No. All right, so if I was offered two tickets to the wild as a season ticket set up, I think that is something that I would – I think that would be really cool, Brian, because frankly – there's an expectation and energy in the building every night. Um, so you're not going into a place hoping for a good game. You're going into a place expecting a good right. game, along with everybody that you're there with. Here's the other piece with the Wild, because we didn't talk about this. We didn't mention where are you sitting. But in oh, the X, right. yep. I don't know that there's a bad seat. Now, have I been in all of them? No. But there's not seemingly a bad seat in the XO Energy Center. And that's one of those places that you talked about your expectations for the game. Let's say you didn't even have them. It's so palatial, as PA likes to say. It's just a fun building to be in. We go for the state high school hockey tournament, knock on wood, in a few weeks. It's just fun to be there. It is. It's a great place to be. It's at a, it's at a pretty cool location. Like, you can get there. Parking's still awful, but you can get there without a whole lot of hunting and pecking. You right. Know? And uh, it's the seats are – every seat in the place is a good seat. Right. The concourses, it's one of the first places that had the big concourses and the open seating mm-hmm. and, and all those things. The arena is a great spot. The team is a team that wins consistently. See, and the team those bugs would be me. the first ones. The, the team's probably the reason that I'd hesitate because they're not scoring right see, now. The fans, that would, you'd be like, mm, no, no. see, the, the fans make me want to go because Minnesota hockey fans are knowledgeable. They know the game. They know when to cheer. They know when to boo, That's and true. it's justified. There are other teams in Minnesota that I go, I can't go there because not that my intellect is of the high and mighty rank, but there are some people that I'm like, I, I can't stand to hear the stupidity around me. I, I can't do longer. it. I can't yep. do it. Hockey's not one of them. Oh, I don't know. I've been around plenty of hockey games well, where like this person's but here. Go. But here's the thing for me personally. I'm of the belief that I don't know enough, that somebody's not necessarily hearing me go, well, that was stupid. Okay. Last night... We're doing. I'm doing the Saints game, right? And there's a fan from the other team. There was a close to too many men on the ice penalty, right? Right. So the rest of the night, he was chanting too many, regardless of situation or results or anything. Like I would have, like, I couldn't have bought season tickets next to that guy because I would not sat in my seats at all. See, for me, I guess a negative for hockey and as somebody as well, there and there might be too many games (laughs) because there'd be 41 home games. But then I'm a guy that you're going to find out later in this segment would willingly go to 81 baseball games. Yep. Yep. So the number can't be the problem. I think part of it for me, and this is blasphemy as a hockey play by play guy on this station, but of the four majors, fourth for me in love of it is hockey. See, and maybe it's because I, n- I never got to play it growing up because physically I couldn't. So I don't have the relatability. And for me, it's not fourth, it's second. 
Okay. The fourth one is the one that probably will surprise most of the people that are listening. Actually, probably would make the most sense. I would I would not get season tickets to the Vikings. Just wouldn't do it. Couldn't watch them. Couldn't sit still in my seat. Would face away all the time. Would have 5,000 people next to me, which right. would make me all squirrely. And I... I don't watch them on TV live for, for on purpose. Why would I go? Well, and I can't say I wouldn't do it because I have. For two seasons, I had Viking season tickets, and it was fun. You know, that was a good way to – this was before I was busy announcing everything under the sun in this area. It was 2009. It was the Favre year, and I actually bought them before they signed Favre, which saved me a pretty good chunk of money as right. well. When you were investing in T-Jack versus Brett Favre, it was a little bit cheaper. It was fun. It was a cool way to do your weekends, but now I just can't handle it. You know – it's borderline unhealthy for me to go to all the games like that. Okay, think of, now that would be a funny sketch. You and me going to a live Vikings game. Yeah. Sitting side by side. One of us looking away because you don't like to watch, and the other one, like we're on an airline, needing a barf bag with every down. Super fun. That would be Super funny, fun. Actually. We'd be quite a pair. Yeah, no, that's the one I wouldn't do. I, I would. We'd have seats that. right next to the bathrooms. Yep. So who? where would you sit? That Would that be a first, second, third, or fourth? What do you think? The Vikings for me would probably be second. Got it. All right. Because, and only because I've done it. I can't sit here and go, well, it's, it's down the list for me. Well, that's BS because 14 years ago you bought them. All right. So let's pick the third place team because it sounds like we might be living the same number one. And I wanted to put this higher because part of me just wants to people watch at these games because NBA for me, again, I've harped on this. It's so expensive that who's who goes to these games. And even if the team is terrible, you kind of go to see who's there. And it's the Timberwolves, obviously, because I went to a Wolves game, boy, I don't know, close to 10 years ago. And this was when they couldn't give Wolves tickets away. They promoted the opponents, not the Wolves. And we went and we sat very close to courtside. We ran into everybody else in Minnesota athletics that night. That was the cool part. Yeah, that's good because the opposite of that, and I've gone to probably 10 Timberwolves games in my life and I've never been in the lower bowl. Okay. Basketball courts are small. Yeah. And once you get up past like the seventh or eighth row in the upper deck, it's kind of like watching something on a postage stamp. Yeah. Um, I think that the the Vikings, I don't want to go because I wouldn't legitimately wouldn't watch it. The Timberwolves, I would watch, but I would need upper glasses because the, the well, again, target we, center is... We didn't is, factor in where we're sitting. Do you have quality center, seats for this? Target center is not a great place to watch a game. Like the seats are okay, but if yeah. you're too far away from the sta- from the play, there's you just can't watch it. There's there's actually nothing to watch. You can cheer on when you watch it on the scoreboard, right? But if you're gonna watch it on the scoreboard, watch it at home. Well, and the team is elevated to okay. You know they're 500 ish, which helps. But there was a time where I had I don't remember if they called it a 10 pack or a six pack, but mm-hmm. whatever the like 12 dollar promotion was for the Wolves, I took it one year, and they were so bad it was. Is there enough else going on that you're enjoying the fact that you're at a game? Right. And like you said, when it's the Target Center, the answer is kind of no. Yeah, it's you know, of, it, it's not the Boston Garden. It's not Staples or the Forum or whatever the heck LA calls itself. The Target Center, I'm sorry, is not iconic at all. It is not. It is you know, it's a little like the old Cleveland Indians uh, stadium, the mistake on the lake. Yes. Which uh, you know was a ball field and it held right. Some it was good there, games. and they had teams there. Yeah, and if you're right. in town, they're playing. Might as well go. But yep, yep. Uh, I just. I, there's too many things in the air at the, at Target Center for it to be number one on my list. But again, the NBA price is so high. So if it's not an option, I kind of want to take it just to have the opportunity. But is there enough star power in Minneapolis besides A-Rod popping up once in a while? 
that you're really going to be people watching. You're not going to see Spike Lee. You're not going to see Jack Nicholson. You're not going to see the who's who's, but you might see Vikings players. You might see wild players. You might see twins there. Is that enough for you? And it isn't, is it an indictment on the wolves because you're not going to really watch them when right now you could be. I, I think that it probably is an indictment, not on the wolves as we see them today, but on their history, nobody really expects them to be good. Right. I think if this team, like we've talked about, they're a little immature yet. If they were to get in line and start playing like adults at times, because this this last win or last loss against Washington was a disaster. It was. It was. If you can stop doing that sort of thing and they become what they could be, I think those people in Minneapolis that you're talking about wishing you could see will start showing up there. I agree with you, but the fact of the matter for me is this. The Wolves are still probably the only team in town that the bigger or as big of reason to attend is the opponent. Yes. But is that also the way the NBA does things? Because we've said time and time again, nobody markets individual players like the National Basketball Association. So even if your team is good and traditionally good, are you just as interested in seeing who else is playing? Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. Because because I don't go to a Twins game going, oh, they're playing this team. I don't go to the Vikings game going, oh, they're great. They're playing this team. I don't go to the Wild game going, oh, good. They're playing this team because I don't follow close enough. But still. I think that you're right because look at look at the um, of the uh, signs. You know when you when you go to a Twins game, it's Twins play Cleveland, it's Vikings against Tampa Bay, it's the Wild play the Canadians. When it comes to the Timberwolves, it's LeBron and the and the Lakers, right. or or now it'll be Kyrie, Luca, and the Mavericks. It's not it's not just the Ma- and it, frankly, if the team is the only name on it, it's because they don't have any player worthy well, that spot. And again. The other problem, we've talked about this, the Wild have seemingly no legitimate rival outside of maybe Colorado or the Blackhawks. Or Winnipeg. We've given them that geographically, but the Wolves don't have one. We've tried to create one with Denver. Last year may have created one with Memphis, but there's nobody that you go, ooh, we got to get that one. No, I I agree with that, Brian, but you said it right. Basketball sells individuals, and it's the one sport where if you're close – you actually get to see the individual. Right. The other sports, it's a uniform, right? Right. It's a, in hockey and football. They remain iconic them, because they remain mysterious. The, the the women's team at Scholastica still makes fun of me because I know them in their jerseys. I know them in the penalty boxes. But when they come out in regular clothes, I'm like, I got no idea. Yeah, the high school girls basketball <laughs> team I work for has two twin guards. And I know them fine when one wears one jersey and one wears the other. And then I see them moments later after the game, and I have to think for a second. Yep. I still normally get it, but do it you, takes a minute. Do you shoot left-handed or right? Right. Well, <laughs> they do that the same, too. So, and they're both about five foot one. So the winning team that we would both be most likely to But this is because purchase, we are who we are. Because I think most people listening are going, I disagree with you guys wholeheartedly. See, I sort of understand that. Because doesn't this get helped by the season? It does. Or does it get hurt by the season? Because no. People would say, well, it's summer. There's a million things I want to do. I don't want to watch other people do things. I, I agree with that part. Because okay? we've talked about that with the Duluth Huskies because no one goes to their games. Yep, I know. I agree with that part. But the thing is, is Major League Baseball outside, um, those days that it's the days that it's nice are worth the days that it's not. So let me ask you this question because you and I have been baseball guys forever, okay? Mm-hmm. We didn't meet until after Target Field existed. Mm-hmm. Would we have said the same? If the twins are still playing in the dome, I think I would have, but not as easily. I think I might have switched one and two. 
I probably would have been more apt to take the wild tickets at that point. Okay. Target Field, part of the charm of going to see the Twins is being in that in that park. Um, you know the other part of football I just thought of? Because mm. I spend my Sundays watching parts of so many games because of so many fantasy leagues and whatnot. I care a lot about how the Vikings do, but I care a lot about how the whole league is doing. Mm-hmm. When you're at a game, you can't do that. You, you, you don't get remotes when you walk in. The other thing, and I'm sure there's people that didn't go to the Metrodome or are too young to ever go to the, ever gone to the Metrodome. There were like 35 seats in a row. Right. And that's really hard to fathom until you're in seat 17. And like, if you have to go to the bathroom, if you want to get something to eat, if you just want to stand up and stretch, it takes you 20 yeah. minutes to get yeah. from the middle to the end. Metrodome was a different animal. It wasn't that it wasn't fun to watch baseball because baseball there was really intriguing. The hardest thing was, to do there was go to the bathroom. It was so different. You yeah. know, you, you don't, the game you see at target field has nothing to do with how the twins played in the Metrodome because the twins were fast. They hit line drives because stuff bounced everywhere. Right. And, and so baseball in the Metrodome was always interesting because teams would lose the ball in the air and all that stuff. But the park was awful. It was. It was a dump. It was the Metro dump, but it at, was our dump. At best, it was a mediocre football field. It was. But at the same time, I'm going to give you a movie quote you may not be familiar with, and I don't even remember what movie it's necessarily from, but I know it's been said before. That'll help. The line of sex is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. I feel like that with baseball. Even when it's bad, it's good because some people are listening going, why are you going to Twins games as a season ticket holder if they're going to struggle to finish 500? I'm not about that. It's sitting out in 75, 80 degree weather with the natural sounds that make baseball so great, kicking back with a hot dog and some nachos. Usually when teams are bad, we get upset. When the twins are bad, I don't like it, but I'm still very relaxed. Baseball is just a relaxed sport. Okay, so you know what I can say right now? That the people that are turning baseball into a science are going to ruin that experience for you. Because what you just said... Well, I'm not going to let them because I go back is, far enough. ...is what makes baseball special right. is the art part of it. The the sounds, the things that you see. Not not just sounds, but the sounds of the crack of the bat. Right. You know, the smell of leather. All those things that permeate the game of baseball are art. And that's, for me, why it's my favorite game. But if it turns into just, you know, a computer game, baseball, going to baseball is hard because it's not a perfect scientific thing. Well, and the, the reason that I know that I feel this way is the number of times that I've done opening day because there have been opening days at Target Field where the team has come home after an opening road trip and been one in four. And it'll be 41 degrees and miserable at Target Field. And I'm still there. And the minute I walk in, I say the same thing to my wife every year. I'm home. It's so great to be here. And I put a picture on social media and so many people go, why do you do this to yourself? Why, why are you there? It's a love I can't get rid of to go back to a segment ago. Thinking of that. So I remember going to the Met when I was little. Sure. And I never saw that. And dad telling me once that the Met had both the Vikings and the Twins. Right. And he said, baseball is a pastime. Football is a passion. And the idea of why I'd go to a Twins game is because the idea of pastime, right? It's it's you kick your feet up, you have the beer, you have the hot dog versus passion where you're on the end of your seat, you're drinking alcohol, you're getting all cranked up, right? Uh, you're not necessarily drinking a beer uh, in the sense that, you know, you're kicked back in drinking a beer right. versus I need to have a beer. Right. The difference between the two kind of is what I'm talking about. One is fun and simple to watch. Right. 
The other one, if the game is good, but if the game's not good, it's no longer simple and fun Exactly, because I still go back to if a team's terrible, I go, I'm not sure I want to go. Baseball teams can have terrible records. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go check that out. Yeah. So it'd be two tickets to paradise for the Twins for us. Go ahead and rank them one through four. Uh, it's For me, it's baseball, wild, wolves, Vikings. For me, it's Twins, Vikings, Wolves, Wild, but the Vikings almost shouldn't qualify because I wouldn't live for the entire season. <laughs> you talked about baseball experiences perhaps being ruined. Our rule change is part of it. Drawing lines closes the show. Northland Sports Page. Stick around. We'll be right back. The home teams have been doing pretty well here locally at the high school level. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Final segment of a busy Saturday. Brian Prudhoe and Dave Cook, we're very honored to be busy each and every week. Thanks again to our great sponsors, Dave. Absolutely. Famous Dave's right up by Sam's Club now. You can see, as I was telling you earlier, Brian, you can see uh, that famous Dave's as you're driving on your way to Sam's Club, looking right out the right uh, when you're on Maple Grove Road. It's a great location. It's an easy place to go if you're up at the mall. Famous Dave's, Incline Station, Stewart's Bikes, Sports and Trophies, Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, where again, in celebration of my birthday, yes. by the end of the month of February, during this time, you can have a 0% financing on your Hyundai Tucson or Santa Fe. Absolutely. So get out and do it before Dave's birthday, because as a non-driver, I don't think they'll do much for mine. So go ahead for Dave's. <laughs> Mount Royal Bottle Shop, the Blackwoods Group, Avenue 45, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Advantage Emblemans, Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio. And again, a Roller Architecture Studio brings you drawing lines as our final segment today. we got to draw some lines over playoff hockey because those seating lines have been drawn, Dave Cook, and uh, several local teams going to be in action soon. One is going to be in action today, and you're going to be working that game. Yes, I am. Duluth Marshall's playing wherever. The Northern the, Edge. The Razor's Edge. Yes. From Columbus and Henriette and Hugo. We and believe it's St. Francis and North Francis. Branch, but I am not familiar with the Northern Edge, but you're going to be by day's end. Yes, and you know, when it's coming from a fan of a team that hasn't done all that great, I have to find somebody to poke fun at. And so, yes, we're going we're gonna to get a chance to see them at 2 o'clock, and then we're going to get to see the Mayak men's hockey champion uh, come home and uh, play the number two team in Augsburg. They, last night, it was a fantastic game, and Saints won in overtime, and in the shootout, actually. And then uh, tonight, they come, and we're going to do a little celebrating, I think. Absolutely. Senior night, too. So Mars Lakeview will be a Seven place to tonight. be. Come tonight. It will be the last home game for Duluth Marshall, regardless, because if they beat the northern edge of wherever, yep. they will go to Andover for the quarterfinals. Yes, and that is not part of the northern edge, and that will be in a completely different atmosphere. It will. Duluth East is the number one seed in that section. Andover is two. Duluth Marshall is seven. Speaking of section seven in the Class A side, it gets pretty interesting. Well, it does. Who's after Hermantown? Hermantown is one, Rock Ridge is two, yep. Denfeld is three, Hibbing okay. is four, and Proctor was... is five. All right. Well, you know, we've seen Proctor play a lot this year, and it'll be really interesting to see where Pavlich and Riles right. and Ross can can lead that team. We've, ideally, We've of, seen them play. Ideally, of course, for us, come playoff coverage time, which will begin on Tuesday, more on that in a moment, but ideally for us, would be having seven double A semis and Amsoil feature East and Marshall. Yep. And then seven A somehow feature Hermantown, Proctor, and Denfeld. Yeah, no, and, and frankly And it's possible the way the bracket shook out. Yeah, and and with Ben in charge, it, it would be nice to see right. you know Rockridge too. So we're if the top you know, if if we get that top group, it'll be it'll be a good group at Amsoil one way or another. Absolutely, but of course the round before that is the quarterfinals on yes. Tuesday, and again for Marshall, the round before that is today. Today. 
But we begin our playoff coverage come Tuesday on these airwaves. We will have what I'll just call the ISD 709 doubleheader because 5 o'clock will be East hosting a winner of Anoka and Blaine. That's the other play-in game in 7AA today. And then Denfeld and Greenway. That's kind of becoming a historical rivalry. Yeah, well, they play quite a bit, um, and they play quite a bit at this level. You know, once we get into the tournament, we see Denfeld and we see Greenway face each other quite a bit. Right. And um, Are we forgetting the swan song angle for Denfeld in 7A and for Cloquet in 7AA that they want to go out with a bang, or do they maybe not because they're leaving? Well, I don't. I guess I don't. I think that we heard Brian Fuentes say it the other day. Brian Flores said the other day that his. Brian uh, Fuentes was a good uh, Twins reliever. Yeah, sorry. That's awesome. I, but I caught myself and I went back the right direction. That might be better than Nelson Liriano. Please continue. <laughs> Anyways, the he said, you are where your feet are, right? And uh, at least you didn't call Jordan Greenway Chad. But go ahead. That's where Denfeld is. They're right now in seven single A, and of course they want to make a bang. And. Um, We've got a chance to see Andy Larson. And when Andy Larson's on, that Denville team's pretty good. No question. So John Carlson and I will take care of those games Tuesday East versus a to-be-determined opponent at 5. Denville Greenway at 7. Dave Cook, you'll be trying to embrace the heat of Arizona that night. I will be. It's supposed to be 70 degrees, my friend, and on Tuesday. And uh, we're going to look forward to that. Hopefully everything is safe down there with Ma, and I'll be back in time for Thursday. Absolutely, and there are baseball players down that way because pitchers and catchers did report this week. Now, we deferred during buy or sell on the extra innings topic, and that's going to be drawing lines today. Now, is the remaining extra innings runner being in full effect going to ruin baseball or not? Because I'm torn on this. It looks silly, but it kind of makes it fun, and it makes it fun to the casuals, and we've talked about ad nauseum. MLB is trying to do that. Okay. Um, and I know you think it's stupid, so I set the table for you. I I do. I I understand the excitement, but do you know how many things we can do to make something exciting that we don't necessarily think would be normal? Okay. Like so if we turned on a rainstorm, like <laughs> if we just said, hey, you know what? If we, everything is tied now, and I know baseball gets canceled in rain, so what we're going to do is we're going to turn the hoses on. Okay, so right, you're, you you're being to, tongue-in-cheek, but that's my question, too. If you don't like this, point. what's your solution? My point is, is that... Ghost runners. Well, can we not call it go, that? Because go. no, wait, we we shouldn't call it that because when show you show up from nowhere. No, no, no. Okay. Because when I played baseball as a kid yep. in somebody's backyard, usually yep. my own. It's just about dark. You need to finish the game. Right. A ghost runner was a runner that actually isn't there. It was when I was on second, but it was my turn to hit, so I had to come in and hit. And there was a ghost runner, an invisible runner on second base. In Major League Baseball, there's a player there. There's nothing ghost about him. Yeah, but he came from... It's an entitled he, runner. He came from, Okay, we could say that. Right. Um, in all seriousness, I know that baseball is trying to be quicker, try to come to a conclusion right. faster, um, doing things to maintain eyes. But when you're making something up, it can be anything that you make up, and it can make it exciting. I mean, seriously. You could, you could do a... You could put targets in the outfield. <laughs> I mean, you could do anything. So the argument that, well, this makes it really exciting doesn't hold any water. But does and, it do this? We've talked about where is the sacrifice bunt gone. This situation to me should beg for it to come back. It hasn't yet, no. but is it going to eventually? No, because players won't bunt, and if you want to know why, they're moving the shift yeah. back. Yeah. So that, I mean... So they have to do something. So if you're willing to do this, well, then fine. But the idea that they, we have to do it because it's super exciting, well, they, we can find all kinds right. of things that are super exciting. Um, so do I think this is a fantastic thing? No, I do not. 
Do I think it'll ruin the game? No, because we've tried to ruin the game a hundred right. different ways. The problem I have with it is it's still something that you're doing to end games during the regular season that you're not going to do in the postseason at all. Mm-hmm. It's not unlike the shootout in that sense. Yep. We speed it along except for when they really matter. So why are we playing two different seasons in that sense? That's true. I think that if you're going to play with that during the regular season, there are teams do that it will, all or don't do it at right, all. Because there are teams I will set up their rosters yes. around that. And if you take it away at the end of the year, maybe that maybe their roster creation was their greatest. Billy strength. Hamilton has a chance again just for extra innings. I agree with that 100%. There are guys, Michael A. Taylor, that the Twins got. Although he's going to be good in a number of ways. Right. But the one thing for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to be good is at that. He's also going to be really nice because he's not going to take stupid routes at center field. But like the other AKA guy we had. Jake Cave is yeah. gone. So, but, but – He's going to have that. He's going to help us for sure. I just think that if you're going to try to inject different rules into the game, don't try to tell me you're doing it because they're exciting. Because anything can be exciting. Here's the problem, and problem is maybe a little extreme that I have with it, but this is tell me you're a Minnesota fan without telling me you're a Minnesota fan. Extra innings to me, when you get there, the advantage goes to the home team. You've got last wraps. You've got the opportunity to walk them off. I'm not sure this does that because – when you get that automatic runner at second, you've got a chance to put a number up right away. If I'm coming in for my last at bat, suddenly knowing I'm down two or three, I'm gripping the bat too tight, trying to do too much. Well, I agree with that, but I would, if I was in favor of this, I would tell you that also makes it exciting, right? And so I, I know they have to do something. And the question wasn't whether they should do something. Maybe this is something we should touch on some other day is what else could you do? But as far as my money is, this is just an this is just a thing they tried and they liked it, and now they're telling us we have to like it because it's super exciting and and I'm not buying it. You know what I do buy? This show was super exciting. It was actually a lot of fun. We went a lot of different places without guests, minus Dave Hoops. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, and it'll be nice. It'll be nice for me to be able to tell Dana that I'm home before uh, you know, like one o'clock. Absolutely. Because I'm always later than 1 o'clock because she holds lunch. And you can talk to her about the season tickets and say, don't worry, we don't have to do it. We do have a poll on Twitter of which season tickets would you take at NSPFan1065. And our first vote we received was for the loons who aren't on the poll. Well, It's good to see that people will vote independently when it comes to sports. Politically, we just can't seem to do it. <laughs> Actually, I might not be against going to catch a loons game. Me too. I could use cures for insomnia. No, like I would love to bring some of the soccer guys with us so they can help us understand what it is we're watching. There you go. But it would be fun. Some Minnesota sports fans are loons anyway. We certainly were today. I hope you enjoyed it. We're the Northland Sports Page. We'll talk to you next week.